Beloved listener, thanks be to God for protecting and preserving our lives till this day. That you can actually listen to this message is because you survived the novel coronavirus pandemic, that COVID-19 which has infected and affected over 11 million people and has claimed over 700,000 lives worldwide as of July 2020. The fact that you were not part of that figure is because God still has great plans for you and still needs you to fulfill a purpose for him, for yourself and for your generation. Dear friend, today I bring you yet another inspired and inspiring message titled Spiritual Self-Development. Spiritual Self-Development. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Eternal Father, God of mercy and compassion, we praise and glorify you for your grace, your mercy, and your awesome wonder. Ancient of days, we acknowledge you as the sole architect of heaven and earth, the maker of all known and unknown planets and galaxies, the source of our lives and the anchor of our souls. All glory be to your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for preserving our life from the deadly pestilence that is ravaging the world and has claimed hundreds of thousands of lives. We thank you immensely for numbering us among the living today. Gracious God, you have made us in your own image and likeness and endowed us with the necessary graces, skills, and talents and strength to labor, to build the earthly city, to work out our salvation and to sustain our life and our environment. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, bless this message and consecrate it in your name that all who listen to it may be inspired by your Holy Spirit to do what you have created them to do and to bring glory to your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. My beloved listener, this message is titled Spiritual Self-Development and by this message I bring to your awareness and consciousness the divine plan of God for your life and as one created in his own image and likeness. God loves you and desires the best for you. In the prophecy of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, he assures you most solemnly saying, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It is this future that this message wants to address and as you already know, the future starts now. After the work of creation, God declared that all things were good. But after creating man in his own image and likeness, God said that man was very good. And he commanded man in his word in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 saying, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the earth, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. By this, God empowered man to evolve himself and to develop his environment. By this, God left very large room for human development. When God charged man to be fruitful and multiply, he was not emphasizing only the biological procreation of human beings. He also desired man to increase, 
develop, evolve, and expand himself and his environment. He desired man to increase and multiply his talents, his potentials, and his endowments. When God commanded man to fill the earth and to subdue it, he desired man to take charge and exercise authority and dominion over the earth and everything in it. Yes, the word of God says in Psalm 115 verse 16 that the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Indeed, God has handed over the earth to mankind to rule, to cultivate, to develop, to dominate, and to control. God desires us to recreate and reinvent ourselves and then improve our world. He desires us to evolve and transform ourselves and then impact our world. And believe me, beloved listener, you can improve yourself positively beyond your imagination, physically, socially, spiritually, and mentally. But the question is, why should I develop myself? The first reason is, because it is a command, the very first commandment. Indeed, God's word in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 to mankind is actually a command. God commanded us to develop ourselves because we are still ongoing projects. Yes, you are not a finished product. God is not done with you yet. You are a divine project in his hand and developing yourself is just fulfilling the will of God for your life. The second reason is because God desires you to cooperate with him in promoting you. Yes, God doesn't do anything on earth and in the affairs of men without the cooperation of men. God desires to take you to a greater height and he needs you to cooperate with him in doing this. Life does not give one what he deserves. It gives you what you demand, what you labor for. To cooperate with God means to listen to and to follow his gracious inspirations and to employ his deposits in you into something meaningful. In a very positive way, you need to use what you have to get what you need. The third reason why you should develop yourself is because God has given you the necessary talents and potentials to do so. God isn't a man that subjects people to labor. When God gives you a vision, he makes a provision for you to pull through. He has imbued man with the necessary potentials to succeed in life. When he charged man to conquer, it is because he has given man all the abilities and capabilities, strength, energy, and other faculties man needs to do so. So, you need to explore them, and when you discover them, use them to redefine yourself and improve your life and the world around you. God's deposit in you is to evolve yourself and others. Those natural and spiritual endowments, your talents, your gifts, energy, ability, capability, capacity and strength are for you to become a better person in the society. So put them into use and see how things improve within you and around you. Remember the biblical parable of the talents. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25, the scripture tells a parable of the talents. From verse 14, it tells us that a man was going on a journey. So he called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his ability, then he went away. The one who received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made the five talents more. So also the one who received the two talents. He made two additional talents. But the one who received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, did you notice that the master gave them the talent and traveled out? Yes, he left their presence. Why? 
it is so that they could think out of the box, so that they could think and act independently. It is so that each of them would use his or her talent wisely, trading with it, diligently. Having endowed us with all things necessary, God left us to ourselves as rational beings. So, act rightly and rationally. Praise the Lord. Now, the scripture continues and says that after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled account with them. And the one who received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Similarly, the one who received the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your servant. Now you discover what each of them accomplished after a period of time, perhaps within their lifetime. The person that was given five talents presented ten, having made additional five. Same thing with the person that was given two talents. He presented four, having made additional two. Why is this so? This is because no one can accomplish beyond the grace or talent or ability given to him or her by God. You can't simply succeed beyond God's providential enablement. In the Gospel of John chapter 19 verse 11, Jesus said that no one will receive anything if it is not given to him from above. And in James chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible said that every good and perfect gift is from God from a bull, from the father of all lights. Yes, you simply can't accomplish beyond the grace you have received from a bull, no matter how hard you work. Just work hard and pray hard. Then, lastly came the person who had received the one talent from his master. He said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. Beloved listener, this young man represents majority of people, especially here in Africa, who have bottled up their talents and potentials, either because they are afraid of trying or because they prefer another gift or talent other than the one they have received from nature and from God. Here in Africa, especially in the Africa's acclaimed giant Nigeria, we have been a consuming nation. Because we have abandoned what God has endowed us with and are chasing after Europeans and Asians who have discovered and have put into use their own talents. The young man hid his talent because he was afraid and too careful and his end was pitiable. Don't be like him. There is no one on the face of the earth who is not gifted in one way or the other. But the irony is that so many persons with either single or multiple talents are out there living in penury, in misery, and in great want because they either abandoned or neglected, hidden or buried their talents. So they go about complaining, blaming everyone and everything for their woes. Others have simply misused their talents. They use it to either cheat or oppress others or against the glory of God. God has created you for his own glory and demands nothing less than you returning all glory to him through the use of your gift and talents. He won't take less, I assure you. That is the reason why some persons are great today, but humbled and humiliated the next day. It is because God cannot be mocked. 
talents and potentials are not to be hidden. They are to be employed and traded with. They are not to be buried. They are to be nurtured, multiplied, and reproduced in the life of others. Talents are not to be misused, but are to be used to the glory of God and for the betterment of mankind. So if you desire to be great and relevant, you must employ your talent into youthful endeavor. If you want to impact your world, invest your talent wisely. And believe me, if you use your God-given talent justly and rightly, God will use you mightily. This explains why the master of the young man was mad at him and called him worthless and commanded him to be cast out into the outer darkness. Dear men will be weeping and gnashing their teeth. May that not be your eternal portion in the name of Jesus. Now the parable of the talents is very instructive and very helpful to this message. The talent in the parable is that grace, that gift, the knowledge, the energy, that talent, that endowment and other potential deposited in you by nature and by God. Dear friends, there is something hidden in every human being including you which you need to discover, and until you search for it diligently, you may never discover it. Very unfortunately, this is the reason the graveyard is the richest place on the face of the earth. Why? Because a lot of people have died with their potentials hidden and unrealized, untapped and unutilized, and most times they live miserable and die very sad, very unfortunate and sad indeed. May you not be numbered among such people in the name of Jesus. Every man and woman born into this world is born with a mission and with a necessary talent to accomplish this mission. If you have not commenced your mission on earth, it is because you have not discovered your gifting and your potential. It is discovery that will enlist you. You need to discover how you can improve your life, your world, and your generation. This discovery is essential to living a happy and a fulfilled life. If you have not discovered your gifting and potentials, it is because you have not done serious introspection. You haven't seriously looked inward because what you need and what you are searching for is actually inward. It is inside of you, not outside. The great Socrates tells us once, man, know thyself. Unless and until you make this all-important discovery, you would continue to run from pillar to post in order to make ends meet or in the name of survival. May God deliver us quickly in the name of Jesus. Now, how would you react if you discover that what you've been searching for and praying for for a long period of time is unknown to you very, very close to you, within your reach? Of course, you would firstly blame yourself for not being careful, diligent, and observant. Now, it is much more than that. Majority of what we ask God today in prayer has been done for us right from time. What you have been asking God to do for you, what he has been asking him to give you, God has made the provision long before you were born and has given you the capacity to do much more. You can achieve more through internal discovery than through external help. Many of us don't know that we are capable of so many possibilities through the grace already given us by God. I once heard that difficulty makes people discover their talents. Yes, according to Jeff Keller, adversity brings out a hidden potential. This is relatively true. You will never know what you are capable of doing until you are in a serious difficulty, until you are faced with dire situation. In these hard times filled with uncertainty and with utter hopelessness all around us, especially in this land, you don't need to wait for someone, whether the government or your relative, for help. 
you don't need to wait for someone to hire you or to employ your services. As a youth or whoever you are under the sound of my voice, you don't need to depend on the government or anyone for employment. Of course, you are aware that many who left the universities in the last decades have not all been employed and that many more are still joining the labor market daily. So what makes you think that you shall get a job immediately after your graduation as a student? That means that you have to look inward. You have to develop yourself or acquire some relevant skill that would enhance your hidden potentials. May God help you in this all-important search in the name of Jesus. We are all aware of the staff of Moses, which exuded so much potency and miraculous powers in biblical history. The staff was an ordinary stick, but God made it into an instrument of miracle, unknown to Moses. Hence, at the burning bush, God asked Moses, what is in your hand? And Moses replied, A staff. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it up by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and he turned back into a staff in his hand. In the same vein, as many of us wonder how to go about a certain life project, or how to get around certain life difficulties, we need to look inward. What do I have in my hand? What do you have in your hand? This may not necessarily be raw cash. It may not be naira or dollar, but something much more. An idea, an inspiration, a divine gifting, a natural endowment, wisdom or knowledge. All these we are gifted you as raw materials for you to turn them into something amazing, just like a finished product. You could turn them into something much more than mere money. You can provide solution to some problems, and when you solve problems, you naturally attract not just money, but wealth. This is the underlying motivation to all technological inventions and breakthroughs. Every inventor was out to meet a need and to solve certain problems. Today, due to their ingenuity, life is a lot better. You can contribute to making life better, more comfortable for your others and for yourself in your own way. Dear friend and beloved listener, you may ask, how can I develop myself? Here I want to provide the following steps to self-development. There are seven steps you could follow and see how quickly you get to self-discovery, self-development and the self-independence. The first step to developing yourself is to believe in yourself. One of the many challenges to self-development is lack of faith in oneself. Hear me. Before anyone else would believe in you and invest in you, you have to believe in yourself and prove yourself. How do I mean? You have to be courageous and determined to succeed and refuse to be deterred and discouraged by failures and other obvious factors surrounding you. You have to refuse the circumstances around you to define you. You have to refuse to be identified with the wrong things in and around you. Don't let failure or the fear of failure to deter you from future attempts. Be audacious, show tenacity and boldness. Believe in yourself and don't give up soon. You can make it. Don't preempt your future based on your present situation. In fact, you have to fail many times before you could actually stand firm. A failure is not someone who has failed. No, a failure is someone who has given up on him or herself. A failure is someone who has refused to rise from his fall. To experience failure is to be human. And to fail once or more potends the possibility of succeeding the next time. According to great Frank Duff of Catholic Ireland, Failure is but a postponed success. Yes, Abraham Lincoln, 
was once considered a failure. As a politician, he failed about seven elections before becoming the 16th president of the United States of America in 1861. And speaking about Lincoln's tenacity, Benjamin Harrison said that Lincoln had faith in time, and time has justified his faith. In Nigeria, Muhammad Buhari became Nigeria's 15th president at his fourth attempt. If he had resigned to faith at his first or second trial, he would not have been reckoned as successful today. So, just believe in yourself. Even when others don't, you can actually make it even when others say you can't. So, failure simply is a postponed success. And see every stumbling block simply as a stepping stone to your dream and destiny. If you have been down before now due to past failures, don't remain there. Judge Elliot said that it is never too late to become what one might have become. So, brace up. Get up. Start something. Start somewhere. Start now. Your future is very bright. Praise the Lord. The second step to developing yourself is to identify and discover what you have been endowed with. Yes, to discover your endowment. There lies within you something which could catapult you into a solution provider, into limelight and into stardom. Identify those positive inclinations and tendencies which you have, those things which you are always drawn to naturally, those things which you can do with ease, with passion, and with joy and satisfaction. If you can write, don't wait. Begin to write. Write stories, articles, pamphlets, or even books. Get someone to help you vet and moderate your write-ups. Just write. Write with passion and don't expect financial gains immediately. Don't wait until you are perfect. No one is. No one is perfect. Just start now. You must know that I dropped out of school after my primary education due to paucity of funds. But I never gave up the hope of returning to school. In fact, I published my first five spiritual books before I attempted Wayek many years later. This is true. So whatever you can do, start doing it now. If you can sing, compose and sing good songs. Sing well. Sing with passion. If you can draw or paint, start today. The future is now. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus was being followed by the multitude, there came a time when they became tired, weary, and hungry. And out of compassion, he healed many among them who were sick. But the disciples came and asked him to allow the people to leave, to go and find food for themselves, since they were in a lonely place. But Jesus said to them, in Matthew chapter 14 verse 16, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him in verse 17, we have here only five loaves and two fish. Now, the five loaves and two fish were obviously insignificant to share among over 5,000 people. But it was a good way to start. By the time Jesus touched those, ah, he prayed over them, he put them into use, and they became unbelievably surplus. The problem with many of us today is that we are waiting to have millions in naira or dollar before we take a step, before we start something. But I want to encourage you most solemnly that you don't need so much to start. Great men and women from all over the world, whom we all admire today, had a humbling beginning. Many of them had very frustrating starts. Some of them had cause to give up at one time or the other, but because they were passionate about what they were doing, and because they believed in an eventual success, they refused to give up. Today we celebrate them. You too can be celebrated. Praise the Lord. The third step to developing yourself is to improve on your character and attitude. According to the celebrated writer Jeff Keller, Attitude is everything. Change your attitude and you change your life. 
Many people today have their growth and development retarded because of bad character and poor attitude to life and situations. It was William James who once said that the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. In this journey of life, positive attitude and healthy character play very vital roles. They open doors to opportunities, favors, and blessings. Bad character is like a bad tire. If you don't change a bad tire on any vehicle, you won't progress on your journey. Negative attitude is a red flag. A positive attitude is a person's passport to a better tomorrow. What is haunting and destroying the lives of many persons today are not witches or wizards or any relative, evil man from their villages. If you are having issues in your business, work, relationship, family or marriage, don't look very far away. Don't look somewhere else. Look inward. Perhaps you need to do some character adjustment in order to get a better result. Many persons today are wrongly praying against perceived enemies somewhere and the evil foundation of family cases. Yet what they need is just change of character and attitude. Just a change of attitude to life. Unfortunately, that is the last thing they want to hear. And unfortunately for them too, without such change, breakthrough is a mirage. No matter how spiritual you think you are and how well educated you may be, you need to review your character and see how you can improve on it. There is no self-improvement without character improvement. Since your character gives you your personality, you need to work on it. Yes, you, you, under the sound of my voice, try and improve on your character and on your attitude to life. Try it today and see how doors open for you. In the name of Jesus. The fourth step to developing yourself is for you to identify what you lack and what you need. Of course, you may lack something which you need to succeed. You need to identify what that is. If you need to get some more education, do so. Be diligent. Get some good grades and certificates and treasure them. If necessary, acquire new knowledge or skill. Or upgrade the one you already have. Then wait for opportunities. Yet, when preparation meets opportunity, it becomes a miracle and a testimony. Don't wait until opportunity comes and meets you unprepared. This can be very devastating and frustrating. How would you feel if your SY primary school mate becomes a governor of a state and all you still have is your first school living certificate? What do you want him to do for you without educational qualification? What if your SY college friend becomes a minister of the Federal Republic, a permanent secretary, a commissioner, or gets appointed or elected into a higher office, and all you still have is your work result that even has less than five credit passes? What can he or she do for you? Or, put other way, what use can you be to him or her? Would you be his driver, her driver, cook, gardener, or cleaner? We have a couple of people whose relatives and friends are holding one big position of authority or the other. And these persons are not educated and so are not employable. They have not had any skill. They simply sit and complain how those relatives and friends of theirs can't do anything or aren't doing anything to help them. Yet, they actually shut themselves at the foot by not preparing for this future. Tomorrow opportunities are for those who prepare for them today. So, prepare yourself, equip yourself. If you fail to plan, you have planned to fail. Remember once again, when preparation meets opportunity, it becomes a testimony and a miracle. Praise the Lord. 
The fifth step to developing yourself is for you to know your weaknesses and then ignore them. Every human being has their particular and peculiar weak points, those areas of weaknesses, inability or incapability. So don't dwell on yours. Instead, explore those areas where you have an age. Take advantage of this and make mark. Don't advertise your weakness or ignorance. Just beware of them, but ignore them. You definitely have more areas of strength than areas of weaknesses, but you won't discover this until you explore your strength. Explore your capabilities because you can do much more than you can ever imagine. Praise the Lord. The sixth step to developing yourself is for you to avoid false satisfaction and the complacency. To be complacent means to relax, unaware of an impending danger or doom. Complacency gives you false satisfaction with the little that you have achieved and fits you with your thoughts and belief that you have finally arrived. The sense of satisfaction in itself is not bad, but don't become complacent and so become docile. Complacency gives way to laziness. And Bible says in Proverbs 6 verse 10, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. Where you have reached is another person's starting point. And what you currently earn, paranum, is another person's pocket money or even account balance. So whatever you have achieved in life, whatever position you have attained in life, appreciate God for his grace, but don't relax, don't stop. Move on, press forward for further attainment, there for more. Don't be satisfied with what you have. There is still room for more successes and accomplishments. Our God is a limitless God. There is no room to what you can achieve through him. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So don't be satisfied with what you are. You can be better than you are presently. Don't be satisfied with what you have. You can increase your strength by the grace of God. Don't be satisfied with what you know. Study further. Inquire more. Search deeper. Ask on. Verify. Soft. Be open-minded. So many persons have retarded their growth because they have closed their minds. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, Apostle Paul encouraged his son Timothy saying, Study to show yourself approved unto God. One of the best and easiest ways to improve oneself is through reading. Reading good and great books, and there are thousands of such books out there. The Holy Bible is the greatest of such books. Read the Bible, but don't just read it. Study it for direction, for inspiration, for instruction, and for exhortation. There are also other great books that are able to inspire, teach, direct, and instruct us. But unfortunately, we don't read in this climb. Here, the easiest way to hide something from an African and especially from a Nigerian is to hide such in a book. But whatever and wherever there is an impute, a poor impute, we should always expect poor output. What you feed your mind with is very important because you can't grow beyond your mind. Indeed, no one is bigger than the environment around his mind. Your mind is directly proportionate to the amount of information you have and you can't achieve more than you can conceive. So change or improve your mindset by reading good books, listening to helpful messages, and counsel by those who have proven themselves in their chosen field. According to James Allen, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So have a right mind. 
We are all born with the capacity to do something that can give God rest. In our generation, God still bothers himself with what he has given us the capacity and the grace to do. This is unfortunate. Praise the Lord. And the lastly, the seventh step that could lead us to discover ourselves is to be ourselves and not to imitate others. That is, to be yourself and to refuse to imitate others. Everyone have their journey and their destination. You have yours. So don't follow people blindly. John Mason said that imitation is limitation. So refuse to be someone else and God will let you be who you ought to be. In whatever business, job, career or ministry where you are now, endeavor to be the best that there can be. Don't set for yourself someone else as a standard. That will be setting limit for yourself. Remember that you have a limitless God. It is fine to have a model, but be careful not to be deceived. There are so many deceptions, especially on the social media. So desire, pray and work hard to be the best that you can be. Don't just manage. Else someone else more qualified and better equipped than you comes along and dislodges you. Don't be satisfied with being in the average. Average is an enemy of progress. Seek perfection in every area of your life. And God will see you through in the name of Jesus. Now, there are very many possible dangers to your self-development. These things can be hindrances. There are so many other things that can stand on your way to discourage you from getting to your destination. Every danger is a threat, and to be forewarned is to be forearmed. You need to be aware of them in order to overcome them. The very first threat is poverty or poor mentality. Whenever we hear of the word poor or poverty, the first thing that comes to mind is lack of money or lack of material thing. But this is far from the complete truth. The Microsoft and Charter Dictionary defines being poor as 1. The lack of money or necessary basic things of life. 2. Being or feeling inferior. 3. Lacking adequate or necessary skills or knowledge. Now, when we eliminate the lack of money or other material things, we still have other things that could render someone poor. One is inferiority complex, which is an overdeveloped sense of being inferior to other people. People with inferiority complex tend to withdraw from social life or to be aggressive towards people and the situations. Inferiority complex or low self-esteem is a lack of confidence in one's own merit as an individual person. To esteem yourself low is to underrate yourself. It is to underestimate yourself. It is to limit yourself. Low self-esteem makes you to shy away and abandon what God has empowered you to achieve. Don't think that others who are making impact out there are superhumans or are all well-educated. Don't tell yourself that others who are making it out there are better than you. Just tell yourself that you are unique and can equally make impact in your own way. You are made in God's image and empowered to impact your generation. Don't shy away from this responsibility. Furthermore, Poverty can also mean not having adequate or necessary skills or knowledge. Ignorance and illiteracy, lack of exposure, poor education or lack of education are all various forms of poverty. With all this, self-development can be retarded and impeded. And ultimately, it could lead to economic poverty. People who have come to see themselves as poor in this regard tend to have low vision. They tend to set poor or low standards for themselves, and that is the problem. 
Poverty becomes a hindrance to self-development when you think that you can't go beyond where you are presently because of lack of resources. But believe me, brothers and sisters, if you can conceive it, you can actually achieve it. Just dare to dream big and diligently work towards your dream and you will see yourself where you never imagined. You can actually get out of the clutches of real or perceived poverty if you are determined and you tell yourself that you can. Yes, you can. Another threat to self-development is poor family background. Of a truth, the major hindrance that many people have today is the belief that they can't exceed where their family stopped or that they can't get out of where their family condition has placed them. This is a big lie concocted by the devil himself to stop you from achieving your destiny. I want to assure you that you can actually exceed, supersede and overtake your family wherever they stopped in the last generation. Don't be intimidated by your family history or background. In fact, refuse to stop where your family stopped. And don't allow your family history or background to stop or discourage you. Many of us, our family have set for us a benchmark which we may not surpass. But you can break forth and break through if only you dare. In the name of Jesus. Now remember the story of David, the son of Jesse. According to the word of God in 1 Samuel chapter 16, the boy David was the last of the eight sons of Jesse of Bethlehem. He was just an inconsequential lad, a dispensable member of his large family. Remember that when Samuel went to anoint him as a future king of Israel, his father paraded all his brothers except him. In fact, his father Jesse didn't even consider him worthy of mention. Yes, he was that insignificant and negligible to his family. Among his elder brothers were brave soldiers and trained warriors, but David didn't accept the label placed on him by his family. In our time, many such last bonds have been overpampered and are only pets in the hands of their parents and the siblings. Some last bonds today can't, won't, and don't lift a finger to do anything in the family. But David was different. He became a shepherd boy and eventually lived in the bush with his flock. He learned to play the harp, the guitar, and other musical instruments while still in the bush with the animals. There in the bush, he developed love for the sovereign Lord, whom he constantly praised with his flute and harp. David developed, improved, and perfected his fighting skills and defended his flock against lions and wolves. And without ever being trained or enlisted as a soldier, he became the king's armor bearer. On that day of the Lord, when the whole armies of Israel were being intimidated and antagonized by that uncircumcised Philistine, David appeared in the war camp and stirred the hearts of the king and the soldiers and expressed his willingness and readiness to do the unthinkable. When he appeared before King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 34 to 36 and said, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the army of the living God. With such courage and audacity, given by years of preparation and self-confidence, Without any ammo or weapon of military warfare, David, still in his teens, went against Goliath confidently, confronted him bravely, challenged him courageously, killed him and beheaded him triumphantly. A good shepherd of sheep and men, 
God promoted him to be the shepherd of his beloved people. In Psalm 89 verse 20, the word of God says, I have found my servant David with holy oil. I have anointed him. It is possible that God was searching for someone trustworthy, someone tested and trusted, to whom he could entrust with power and authority, without fear of abuse. And the criteria for such blessing would be someone who is independent, single-minded, courageous, bold and confident, someone who is brave, yet humble, audacious, yet God-loving and God-fearing, someone who would use his natural talent to impact humanity, and God found all these in David. Dear friend, I pray for you today that you will be very useful to God in your generation in the name of Jesus Christ. The command to develop ourselves is a universal command and the grace and the enablement to develop ourselves is a universal gift given to all men. Earthly prosperity is not for Christian believers alone. Let no one deceive you into believing that since you are a Christian, the wealth of the nation shall be delivered into your bosom without work and effort, but only by praying and believing. It is not true. It is the height of spiritual deceit. The scripture says that he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. In this continent, and especially in this country, Nigeria, many Christians spend so much time in prayer with little time for work. In fact, Christian leaders in Nigeria and Africa have succeeded in creating an army of lazy Christians who believe in miracle cars, miracle houses, miracle jobs, miracle bank alerts, and in fact, virtually miracle everything. Everywhere around us, on daily basis, during the day and in the weekdays, when people should be at their business places and in their offices, several Christians are at various prayer houses, churches, mountains, and ministries, praying for breakthroughs and the miracle everything. These can tantamount to laziness or sloth in spiritual sense, and God is not a rewarder of laziness. God rewards honest labor and sincere efforts. It is absurd to trust prayer for everything. It is even more absurd to expect everything by miracle, especially what God has given you the grace and power to do for yourself. Amen. The great St. Augustine of Hippo wants admonish Christians to pray as though everything depends on God, but walk as though everything depends on you. This means to balance prayer with work. After praying, go out there and walk, and God will bless the work of your hands. In Psalm 12 verse 2, the Bible says that you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. In the early church, Apostle Paul frowned against laziness. He said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. So, does it mean we are denying the importance or necessities of prayer in our lives? Am I denying the efficacy of prayer in any given situation? No, not at all. What I am saying is that we pray so much without doing so much in this country. We need to balance them. We need to work as much as we pray. Even salvation has to be labored for. Apostle Paul chides Philippian Christians in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 saying, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In the book of Proverbs 22 verse 2, it reads, Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So, be diligent in labor for both earthly and heavenly things. Balance your prayer life with diligent labor. In fact, walk and pray and above all, 
put your talent into productive use for yourself and for others. According to the word of God in Proverbs 18:16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. This means that one's potentials could open doors of contract, connection, and breakthrough for him or her. It means that your talent can open doors for you, doors which can't open for you ordinarily. Your talent and gifting can attract kings and great men to you. In Proverbs chapter 17 verse 8, the Bible says, A gift is a precious stone in the eyes of him that had it. Whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. Yes, you should appreciate your divine endowment and treasure them greatly, and apply them when and where necessary for your profit and that of those around you. It is a pity that many persons who have been endowed enough to become captains of industries and employers of labor are still waiting for God for some miracles. But the truth is that God will not do for all by miracle what we can do for ourselves by obedience. We need to return to work so that God can return to his realm. But our fellowship with Christ can be an added advantage. It can make all the difference. Admonishing his spiritual son in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, Apostle Paul said, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, he said, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. When we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit either through the grace of baptism or through the laying on of hands, these spiritual gifts can help to provoke the natural talents and potentials in us. This is why a lazy Christian is a contradiction in terms. A Christian has so much to do that he cannot afford to be lazy. Don't be a lazy Christian. Don't contradict God. In Romans chapter 11 verse 29, Bible says that for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And so I admonish you with the word of God in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14. Awake, you sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. Amen. Now before we go, you must note that when you fail to develop yourself, you live a limited life. You live at lowest ebb of existence. When you fail to develop yourself, you live a miserable life. You become a burden and liability to yourself and to others. You become a nuisance to your family and the society. When you fail to develop yourself, you die with your God-given talents, gifts, endowments, and have them buried in the graveyard with you. When you fail to develop yourself, you appear before God with all that he has given to you to use to impact your world. And believe me, God won't take it lightly with you. Remember the parable of the talents, the young man who was so careful and fearful and so didn't employ the talents given to him into use was punished by his master. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14 verses 29 and 30, the master said, For to everyone who has will be given more and he will have abundance but from him who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness their men will weep and gnash their teeth 
May this not be your eternal portion in the name of Jesus. As we conclude, an African proverb says that usually what people go searching for in distant places is often unknowingly within their reach. Let us look around and within us to see that God has done all things well and that has put everything in their proper places for our benefit. We only need to discover them and put them into use. See, the bitter truth is that what we would not do for ourselves by obedience, God would not do for us by miracle. God bless you. Thank you so much for still staying with me. Thank you for listening so patiently. Let us close with a word of prayer. Awesome God, Father of infinite goodness, we appreciate your love, your mercies, and your spiritual and natural gifts and endowment on us, your most unworthy servants. By your special grace, may we be able to discover what you have endowed us with, and in discovering them, develop them, and employ them for our own good and the good of others in the society. Oh Lord our God, give the same grace to everyone who has listened to this message, and empower them to make impact in their generation. In the gracious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Remember, I am his master's servant, Jeremiah Ifani Paul Onwukobi, a lay Catholic trained teacher and preacher, a marriage and pastoral counselor. God bless you. You can contact me on 080-6945-3866. God bless you. Thanks be to God for protecting and preserving our lives till this day. That you can actually listen to this message is because you survived the novel coronavirus pandemic, that COVID-19 which has infected and affected over 11 million people and has claimed over 700,000 lives worldwide as of July 2020. The fact that you were not part of that figure is because God still has great plans for you and still needs you to fulfill a purpose for him, for yourself and for your generation. Dear friend, today I bring you yet another inspired and inspiring message titled Spiritual Self-Development. Spiritual Self-Development. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Eternal Father, God of mercy and compassion, we praise and glorify you for your grace, your mercy, and your awesome wonder. Ancient of days, we acknowledge you as the sole architect of heaven and earth, the maker of all known and unknown planets and galaxies, the source of our lives and the anchor of our souls. All glory be to your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for preserving our life from the deadly pestilence that is ravaging the world and has claimed hundreds of thousands of lives. We thank you immensely for numbering us among the living today. Gracious God, you have made us in your own image and likeness and endowed us with the necessary graces, skills, and talents and strength to labor, to build the earthly city, 
to work out our salvation and to sustain our life and our environment. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, bless this message and consecrate it in your name that all who listen to it may be inspired by your Holy Spirit to do what you have created them to do and to bring glory to your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. My beloved listener, this message is titled Spiritual Self-Development. And by this message, I bring to your awareness and consciousness the divine plan of God for your life. And as one created in his own image and likeness, God loves you and desires the best for you. In the prophecy of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, he assures you most solemnly saying, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It is this future that this message wants to address, and as you already know, the future starts now. After the work of creation, God declared that all things were good. But after creating man in his own image and likeness, God said that man was very good. And he commanded man in his word in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 saying, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. By this, God empowered man to evolve himself and to develop his environment. By this, God left very large room for human development. When God charged man to be fruitful and multiply, he was not emphasizing only the biological procreation of human beings. He also desired man to increase, develop, evolve, and expand himself and his environment. He desired man to increase and multiply his talents, his potentials, and his endowments. When God commanded man to fill the earth and to subdue it, he desired man to take charge and exercise authority and dominion over the earth and everything in it. Yes, the word of God says in Psalm 115 verse 16 that the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Indeed, God has handed over the earth to mankind to rule, to cultivate, to develop, to dominate, and to control. God desires us to recreate and reinvent ourselves and then improve our world. He desires us to evolve and transform ourselves and then impact our world. And believe me, beloved listener, you can improve yourself positively beyond your imagination, physically, socially, spiritually, and mentally. But the question is, why should I develop myself? The first reason is, because it is a command, the very first commandment. Indeed, God's word in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 to mankind is actually a command. God commanded us to develop ourselves because we are still ongoing projects. Yes, you are not a finished product. God is not done with you yet. You are a divine project in his hand and developing yourself is just fulfilling the will of God for your life. The second reason is because God desires you to cooperate with him in promoting you. Yes, God doesn't do anything on earth and in the affairs of men without the cooperation of men. God desires to take you to a greater height and he needs you to cooperate with him in doing this. Life does not give one what he deserves. It gives you what you demand, what you labor for. To cooperate with God means to listen to and to follow his gracious inspirations and to employ his deposits in you into something meaningful. In a very positive way, you need to use what you have to get what you need. 
The third reason why you should develop yourself is because God has given you the necessary talents and potentials to do so. God isn't a man that subjects people to labor. When God gives you a vision, he makes a provision for you to pull through. He has imbued man with the necessary potentials to succeed in life. When he checked man to conquer, it is because he has given man all the abilities and capabilities, strength, energy, and other faculties man needs to do so. So, you need to explore them, and when you discover them, use them to redefine yourself and improve your life and the world around you. God's deposit in you is to evolve yourself and others. Those natural and spiritual endowments, your talents, your gifts, energy, ability, capability, capacity and strength are for you to become a better person in the society. So put them into use and see how things improve within you and around you. Remember the biblical parable of the talents. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25, the scripture tells a parable of the talents. From verse 14, it tells us that a man was going on a journey. So he called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his ability, then he went away. The one who received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made the five talents more. So also the one who received the two talents. He made two additional talents. But the one who received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, did you notice that the master gave them the talent and traveled out? Yes, he left their presence. Why? It is so that they could think out of the box. So that they could think and act independently. It is so that each of them would use his or her talent wisely, trading with it, diligently. Having endowed us with all things necessary, God left us to ourselves as rational beings. So, act rightly and rationally. Praise the Lord. Now, the scripture continues and says that after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled account with them. And the one who received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Similarly, the one who received the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your servant. Now you discover what each of them accomplished after a period of time, perhaps within their lifetime. The person that was given five talents presented ten, having made additional five. Same thing with the person that was given two talents. He presented four, having made additional two. Why is this so? This is because no one can accomplish beyond the grace or talent or ability given to him or her by God. You can't simply succeed beyond God's providential enablement. In the Gospel of John chapter 19 verse 11, Jesus said that no one will receive anything if it is not given to him from above. And in James chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible said that every good and perfect gift is from God from above, from the Father of all lights. Yes, you simply can't accomplish beyond the grace you have received from above, no matter how hard you work. Just work hard and pray hard. Then, 
Lastly came the person who had received the one talent from his master. He said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. Beloved listener, this young man represents majority of people, especially here in Africa, who have bottled up their talents and potentials, either because they are afraid of trying or because they prefer another gift or talent other than the one they have received from nature and from God. Here in Africa, especially in the Africa's acclaimed giant Nigeria, we have been a consuming nation because we have abandoned what God has endowed us with and are chasing after Europeans and Asians who have discovered and have put into use their own talents. The young man hid his talent because he was afraid and too careful and his end was pitiable. Don't be like him. There is no one on the face of the earth who is not gifted in one way or the other. But the irony is that so many persons with either single or multiple talents are out there living in penury, in misery and in great want because they either abandoned or neglected, hidden or buried their talents. So they go about complaining, blaming everyone and everything for their woes. Others have simply misused their talents. They use it to either cheat or oppress others or against the glory of God. God has created you for his own glory and demands nothing less than you returning all glory to him through the use of your gift and talents. He won't take less, I assure you. That is the reason why some persons are great today, but humbled and humiliated the next day. It is because God cannot be mocked. Talents and potentials are not to be hidden. They are to be employed and traded with. They are not to be buried. They are to be nurtured, multiplied, and reproduced in the life of others. Talents are not to be misused, but are to be used to the glory of God and for the betterment of mankind. So if you desire to be great and relevant, you must employ your talent into youthful endeavor. If you want to impact your world, invest your talent wisely. And believe me, if you use your God-given talent justly and rightly, God will use you mightily. This explains why the master of the young man was mad at him and called him worthless and commanded him to be cast out into the outer darkness. Dear men will be weeping and gnashing their teeth. May that not be your eternal portion in the name of Jesus. Now, the parable of the talents is very instructive and very helpful to this message. The talent in the parable is that grace, that gift, the knowledge, the energy, that talent, that endowment, and other potential deposited in you by nature and by God. Dear friends, there is something hidden in every human being, including you which you need to discover, and until you search for it diligently, you may never discover it. Very unfortunately, this is the reason the graveyard is the richest place on the face of the earth. Why? Because a lot of people have died with their potentials hidden and unrealized, untapped and unutilized, and most times they live miserable and die very sad, very unfortunate and sad indeed. May you not be numbered among such people in the name of Jesus. Every man and woman born into this world is born with a mission, 
and with a necessary talent to accomplish this mission. If you have not commenced your mission on earth, it is because you have not discovered your gifting and your potential. It is discovery that will enlist you. You need to discover how you can improve your life, your world, and your generation. This discovery is essential to living a happy and a fulfilled life. If you have not discovered your gifting and potentials, it is because you have not done serious introspection. You haven't seriously looked inward because what you need and what you are searching for is actually inward. It is inside of you, not outside. The great Socrates tells us once, man, know thyself. Unless and until you make this an all-important discovery, you would continue to run from pillar to post in order to make ends meet, or in the name of survival. May God deliver us quickly in the name of Jesus. Now, how would you react if you discover that what you've been searching for and praying for for a long period of time is unknown to you, very, very close to you, within your reach? Of course, you would firstly blame yourself for not being careful, diligent, and observant. Now, it is much more than that. Majority of what we ask God today in prayer has been done for us right from time. What you have been asking God to do for you, what he has been asking him to give you, God has made the provision long before you were born and has given you the capacity to do much more. You can achieve more through internal discovery than through external help. Many of us don't know that we are capable of so many possibilities through the grace already given us by God. I once heard that difficulty makes people discover their talents. Yes, according to Jeff Keller, adversity brings out a hidden potential. This is relatively true. You will never know what you are capable of doing until you are in a serious difficulty, until you are faced with dire situation. In these hard times filled with uncertainty and with utter hopelessness all around us, especially in this land, you don't need to wait for someone, whether the government or your relative, for help. You don't need to wait for someone to hire you or to employ your services. As a youth or whoever you are under the sound of my voice, you don't need to depend on the government or anyone for employment. Of course, you are aware that many who left the universities in the last decades have not all been employed, and that many more are still joining the labor market daily. So what makes you think that you shall get a job immediately after your graduation as a student? That means that you have to look inward. You have to develop yourself or acquire some relevant skill that would enhance your hidden potentials. May God help you in this all-important search in the name of Jesus. We are all aware of the staff of Moses, which exuded so much potency and miraculous powers in biblical history. The staff was an ordinary stick, but God made it into an instrument of miracle, unknown to Moses. Hence, at the burning bush, God asked Moses, what is in your hand? And Moses replied, A staff. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it up by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and he turned back into a staff in his hand. In the same vein, as many of us wonder how to go about a certain life project, or how to get around certain life difficulties, we need to look inward. What do I have in my hand? What do you have in your hand? This may not necessarily be raw cash. It may not be naira or dollar, but something much more. An idea, an inspiration, a divine gifting, a natural endowment, wisdom or knowledge. All these we are gifted you as raw materials for you to turn them into something amazing, just like a finished product. You could turn them into something much more than memory. 
you can provide solution to some problems and when you solve problems you naturally attract not just money but wealth this is the underlying motivation to all technological inventions and breakthroughs every inventor was out to meet a need and to solve certain problems today due to their ingenuity life is a lot better you can contribute to making life better more comfortable for your others and for yourself in your own way dear friend and beloved listener you may ask how can i develop myself here i want to provide the following steps to self-development there are seven steps you could follow and see how quickly you get to self-discovery self-development and the self-independence the first step to developing yourself is to believe in yourself one of the many challenges to self-development is lack of faith in oneself hear me before anyone else would believe in you and invest in you you have to believe in yourself and prove yourself how do i mean you have to be courageous and determined to succeed and refuse to be deterred and discouraged by failures and other obvious factors surrounding you you have to refuse the circumstances around you to define you you have to refuse to be identified with the wrong things in and around you don't let failure or the fear of failure to deter you from future attempts be audacious show tenacity and boldness believe in yourself and don't give up soon you can make it don't preempt your future based on your present situation in fact you have to fail many times before you could actually stand firm a failure is not someone who has failed no a failure is someone who has given up on him or herself a failure is someone who has refused to rise from his fall to experience failure is to be human and to fail once or more potent the possibility of succeeding the next time according to great frank duff of catholic island Failure is but a postponed success. Yes, Abraham Lincoln was once considered a failure. As a politician, he failed about seven elections before becoming the 16th president of the United States of America in 1861. And speaking about Lincoln's tenacity, Benjamin Harrison said that Lincoln had faith in time, and time has justified his faith. In Nigeria, Muhammad Buhari became Nigeria's 15th president at his fourth attempt. If he had resigned to faith at his first or second trial, he would not have been reckoned as successful today. So, just believe in yourself. Even when others don't, you can actually make it even when others say you can't. So, failure simply is a postponed success. And see every stumbling block simply as a stepping stone to your dream and destiny. If you have been down before now due to past failures, don't remain there. Judge Eliot said that it is never too late to become what one might have become. So, brace up, get up, start something, start somewhere, start now. Your future is very bright, praise the Lord. The second step to developing yourself is to identify and discover what you have been endowed with. Yes, to discover your endowment. There lies within you something which could catapult you into a solution provider, into limelight and into stardom. Identify those positive inclinations and tendencies which you have, those things which you are always drawn to naturally. 
those things which you can do with ease, with passion, and with joy and satisfaction. If you can write, don't wait. Begin to write. Write stories, articles, pamphlets, or even books. Get someone to help you vet and moderate your write-ups. Just write. Write with passion and don't expect financial gains immediately. Don't wait until you are perfect. No one is. No one is perfect. Just start now. You must know that I dropped out of school after my primary education due to paucity of funds. But I never gave up the hope of returning to school. In fact, I published my first five spiritual books before I attempted Wayek many years later. This is true. So whatever you can do, start doing it now. If you can sing, compose and sing good songs. Sing well, sing with passion. If you can draw or paint, start today. The future is now. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus was being followed by the multitude, there came a time when they became tired, weary, and hungry. And out of compassion, he healed many among them who were sick. But the disciples came and asked him to allow the people to leave, to go and find food for themselves, since they were in a lonely place. But Jesus said to them, in Matthew chapter 14 verse 16, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him in verse 17, we have here only five loaves and two fish. Now, the five loaves and two fish were obviously insignificant to share among over 5,000 people. But it was a good way to start. By the time Jesus touched those, ah, he prayed over them, he put them into use, and they became unbelievably surplus. The problem with many of us today is that we are waiting to have millions in naira or dollar before we take a step, before we start something. But I want to encourage you most solemnly that you don't need so much to start. Great men and women from all over the world, whom we all admire today, had a humbling beginning. Many of them had very frustrating starts. Some of them had cause to give up at one time or the other, but because they were passionate about what they were doing, and because they believed in an eventual success, they refused to give up. Today we celebrate them. You too can be celebrated. Praise the Lord. The third step to developing yourself is to improve on your character and attitude. According to the celebrated writer Jeff Keller, Attitude is everything. Change your attitude and you change your life. Many people today have their growth and development retarded because of bad character and poor attitude to life and situations. It was William James who once said that the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. In this journey of life, positive attitude and healthy character play very vital roles. They open doors to opportunities, favors, and blessings. Bad character is like a bad tire. If you don't change a bad tire on any vehicle, you won't progress on your journey. Negative attitude is a red flag. A positive attitude is a person's passport to a better tomorrow. What is haunting and destroying the lives of many persons today are not witches or wizards or any relative, evil man from their villages. If you are having issues in your business, work, relationship, family or marriage, don't look very far away. Don't look somewhere else. Look inward. Perhaps you need to do some character adjustments in order to get a better result. Many persons today are wrongly praying against perceived enemies somewhere and the evil foundation of family cases. Yet what they need is just change of character and attitude. Just a change of attitude to life. Unfortunately, that is the last thing they want to hear. And unfortunately for them too, without such change, breakthrough is a mirage. No matter how spiritual you think you are and how well educated you may be, 
you need to review your character and see how you can improve on it. There is no self-improvement without character improvement. Since your character gives you your personality, you need to work on it. Yes, you, you, under the sound of my voice, try and improve on your character and on your attitude to life. Try it today and see how doors open for you. In the name of Jesus. The fourth step to developing yourself is for you to identify what you lack and what you need. Of course, you may lack something which you need to succeed. You need to identify what that is. If you need to get some more education, do so. Be diligent. Get some good grades and certificates and treasure them. If necessary, acquire new knowledge or skill. Or upgrade the one you already have. Then wait for opportunities. Yet, when preparation meets opportunity, it becomes a miracle and a testimony. Don't wait until opportunity comes and meets you unprepared. This can be very devastating and frustrating. How would you feel if your SY primary school mate becomes a governor of a state and all you still have is your first school living certificate? What do you want him to do for you without educational qualification? What if your SY college friend becomes a minister of the Federal Republic, a permanent secretary, a commissioner, or gets appointed or elected into a higher office, and all you still have is your WIAC result that even has less than five credit passes? What can he or she do for you? Or, put other way, what use can you be to him or her? Would you be his driver, her driver, cook, gardener, or cleaner? We have a couple of people whose relatives and friends are holding one big position of authority or the other. And these persons are not educated and so are not employable. They have not had any skill. They simply sit and complain how those relatives and friends of theirs can't do anything or aren't doing anything to help them. Yet, they actually shut themselves at the foot by not preparing for this future. Tomorrow opportunities are for those who prepare for them today. So, prepare yourself, equip yourself. If you fail to plan, you have planned to fail. Remember once again, when preparation meets opportunity, it becomes a testimony and a miracle. Praise the Lord. The fifth step to developing yourself is for you to know your weaknesses and then ignore them. Every human being has their particular and peculiar weak points, those areas of weaknesses, inability or incapability. So, don't dwell on yours. Instead, explore those areas where you have an age. Take advantage of this and make mark. Don't advertise your weakness or ignorance. Just beware of them, but ignore them. You definitely have more areas of strength than areas of weaknesses, but you won't discover this until you explore your strength. Explore your capabilities because you can do much more than you can ever imagine. Praise the Lord. The sixth step to developing yourself is for you to avoid false satisfaction and the complacency. To be complacent means to relax, unaware of an impending danger or doom. Complacency gives you false satisfaction with the little that you have achieved and fits you with your thoughts and belief that you have finally arrived. The sense of satisfaction in itself is not bad, but don't become complacent and so become docile. Complacency gives way to laziness. And Bible says in Proverbs 6 verse 10, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. Where you have reached is another person's starting point. 
and what you currently earn per annum is another person's pocket money or even account balance. So whatever you have achieved in life, whatever position you have attained in life, appreciate God for his grace, but don't relax, don't stop, move on, press forward for further attainment, there for more. Don't be satisfied with what you have. There is still room for more successes and accomplishments. Our God is a limitless God. There is no room to what you can achieve through him. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So don't be satisfied with what you are. You can be better than you are presently. Don't be satisfied with what you have. You can increase your strength by the grace of God. Don't be satisfied with what you know. Study further. Inquire more. Search deeper. Ask on. Verify. Soft. Be open-minded. So many persons have retarded their growth because they have closed their minds. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15, Apostle Paul encouraged his son Timothy saying, Study to show yourself approved unto God. One of the best and easiest ways to improve oneself is through reading. Reading good and great books, and there are thousands of such books out there. The Holy Bible is the greatest of such books. Read the Bible, but don't just read it. Study it for direction, for inspiration, for instruction, and for exhortation. There are also other great books that are able to inspire, teach, direct, and instruct us. But unfortunately, we don't read in this climb. Here, the easiest way to hide something from an African and especially from a Nigerian is to hide such in a book. But whatever and wherever there is an impute, a poor impute, we should always expect poor output. What you feed your mind with is very important because you can't grow beyond your mind. Indeed, no one is bigger than the environment around his mind. Your mind is directly proportionate to the amount of information you have and you can't achieve more than you can conceive. So change or improve your mindset by reading good books, listening to helpful messages, and counseled by those who have proven themselves in their chosen field. According to James Allen, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So have a right mind. We are all born with the capacity to do something that can give God rest. In our generation, God still bothers himself with what he has given us the capacity and the grace to do. This is unfortunate, praise the Lord. And lastly, the seventh step that could lead us to discover ourselves is to be ourselves and not to imitate others. That is, to be yourself and to refuse to imitate others. Everyone have their journey and their destination. You have yours. So don't follow people blindly. John Mason said that imitation is limitation. So refuse to be someone else and God will let you be who you ought to be. In whatever business, job, career or ministry where you are now, endeavor to be the best that there can be. Don't set for yourself someone else as a standard. That will be certain limit for yourself. Remember that you have a limitless God. It is fine to have a model, but be careful not to be deceived. There are so many deceptions, especially on the social media. So desire, pray and work hard to be the best that you can be. Don't just manage. Else someone else more qualified and better equipped than you comes along and dislodges you. Don't be satisfied with being in the average. Average is an enemy of progress. Seek perfection in every area of your life. And God will see you through in the name of Jesus. 
Now, there are very many possible dangers to your self-development. These things can be hindrances. There are so many other things that can stand on your way to discourage you from getting to your destination. Every danger is a threat, and to be forewarned is to be forearmed. You need to be aware of them in order to overcome them. The very first threat is poverty or poor mentality. Whenever we hear of the word poor or poverty, the first thing that comes to mind is lack of money or lack of material thing. But this is far from the complete truth. The Microsoft and Charter Dictionary defines being poor as 1. The lack of money or necessary basic things of life. 2. Being or feeling inferior. Third, lacking adequate or necessary skills or knowledge. Now, when we eliminate the lack of money or other material things, we still have other things that could render someone poor. One is inferiority complex, which is an overdeveloped sense of being inferior to other people. People with inferiority complex tend to withdraw from social life or to be aggressive towards people and the situations. Inferiority complex or low self-esteem is a lack of confidence in one's own merit as an individual person. To esteem yourself low is to underrate yourself. It is to underestimate yourself. It is to limit yourself. Low self-esteem makes you to shy away and abandon what God has empowered you to achieve. Don't think that others who are making impact out there are superhumans or are all well-educated. Don't tell yourself that others who are making it out there are better than you. Just tell yourself that you are unique and can equally make impact in your own way. You are made in God's image and empowered to impact your generation. Don't shy away from this responsibility. Furthermore, Poverty can also mean not having adequate or necessary skills or knowledge. Ignorance and illiteracy, lack of exposure, poor education or lack of education are all various forms of poverty. With all this, self-development can be retarded and impeded and ultimately it could lead to economic poverty. People who have come to see themselves as poor in this regard tend to have low vision. They tend to set poor or low standards for themselves, and that is a problem. Poverty becomes a hindrance to self-development when you think that you can't go beyond where you are presently because of lack of resources. But believe me, brothers and sisters, if you can conceive it, you can actually achieve it. Just dare to dream big and diligently work towards your dream, and you will see yourself where you never imagined. You can actually get out of the clutches of real or perceived poverty if you are determined and you tell yourself that you can. Yes, you can. Another threat to self-development is poor family background. Of a truth, the major hindrance that many people have today is the belief that they can't exceed where their family stopped or that they can't get out of where their family condition has placed them. This is a big lie concocted by the devil himself to stop you from achieving your destiny. I want to assure you that you can actually exceed, supersede and overtake your family wherever they stopped in the last generation. Don't be intimidated by your family history or background. In fact, refuse to stop where your family stopped. And don't allow your family history or background to stop or discourage you. Many of us, our family have set for us a benchmark which we may not surpass, but you can break forth and break through if only you dare. In the name of Jesus. Now, remember the story of David, the son of Jesse. According to the word of God in 1 Samuel chapter 16, the boy David was the last of the eight sons of Jesse of Bethlehem. 
He was just an inconsequential lad, a dispensable member of his large family. Remember that when Samuel went to anoint him as a future king of Israel, his father paraded all his brothers except him. In fact, his father Jesse didn't even consider him worthy of mention. Yes, he was that insignificant and negligible to his family. Among his elder brothers were brave soldiers and trained warriors, but David didn't accept the label placed on him by his family. In our time, many such last bonds have been overpampered and are only pets in the hands of their parents and the siblings. Some last bonds today can't, won't, and don't lift a finger to do anything in the family. But David was different. He became a shepherd boy and eventually lived in the bush with his flock. He learned to play the harp, the guitar, and other musical instruments while still in the bush with the animals. There in the bush, he developed love for the sovereign Lord, whom he constantly praised with his flute and harp. David developed, improved, and perfected his fighting skills and defended his flock against lions and wolves. And without ever being trained or enlisted as a soldier, he became the king's armor bearer. On that day of the Lord, when the whole armies of Israel were being intimidated and antagonized by that uncircumcised Philistine, David appeared in the war camp and stirred the hearts of the king and the soldiers and expressed his willingness and readiness to do the unthinkable. When he appeared before King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 34 to 36 and said, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the army of the living God. With such courage and audacity, given by years of preparation and self-confidence, without any ammo or weapon of military warfare, David, still in his teens, went against Goliath confidently, confronted him bravely, challenged him courageously, killed him and beheaded him triumphantly. A good shepherd of sheep and men, God promoted him to be the shepherd of his beloved people. In Psalm 89 verse 20, the word of God says, I have found my servant David, with holy oil I have anointed him. It is possible that God was searching for someone trustworthy, someone tested and trusted, to whom he could entrust with power and authority, without fear of abuse. And the criteria for such blessing would be someone who is independent, single-minded, courageous, bold and confident, someone who is brave, yet humble, audacious, yet God-loving and God-fearing, someone who would use his natural talent to impact humanity, and God found all these in David. Dear friend, I pray for you today that you will be very useful to God in your generation in the name of Jesus Christ. The command to develop ourselves is a universal command and the grace and the enablement to develop ourselves is a universal gift given to all men. Earthly prosperity is not for Christian believers alone. Let no one deceive you into believing that since you are a Christian, the wealth of the nation shall be delivered into your bosom without work and effort, but only by praying and believing. It is not true. It is the height of spiritual deceit. The scripture says that he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. In this continent, and especially in this country, Nigeria, 
Many Christians spend so much time in prayer with little time for work. In fact, Christian leaders in Nigeria and Africa have succeeded in creating an army of lazy Christians who believe in miracle cars, miracle houses, miracle jobs, miracle bank alerts, and in fact, virtually miracle everything. Everywhere around us on daily basis, during the day and in the weekdays, when people should be at their business places and in their offices, several Christians are at various prayer houses, churches, mountains, and ministries, praying for breakthroughs and the miracle everything. These can tantamount to laziness or sloth in spiritual sense, and God is not a rewarder of laziness. God rewards honest labor and sincere efforts. It is absurd to trust prayer for everything. It is even more absurd to expect everything by miracle, especially what God has given you the grace and power to do for yourself. Amen. The great St. Augustine of Hippo wants admonish Christians to pray as though everything depends on God, but walk as though everything depends on you. This means to balance prayer with work. After praying, go out there and walk, and God will bless the work of your hands. In Psalm 12 verse 2, the Bible says that you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. In the early church, Apostle Paul frowned against laziness. He said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. So, does it mean we are denying the importance or necessities of prayer in our lives? Am I denying the efficacy of prayer in any given situation? No, not at all. What I am saying is that we pray so much without doing so much in this country. We need to balance them. We need to work as much as we pray. Even salvation has to be labored for. Apostle Paul chided Philippian Christians in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 saying, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In the book of Proverbs 22 verse 2, it reads, Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So, be diligent in labor for both earthly and heavenly things. Balance your prayer life with diligent labor. In fact, work and pray and above all, put your talent into productive use for yourself and for others. According to the word of God in Proverbs 18:16. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. This means that one's potentials could open doors of contract, connection, and breakthrough for him or her. It means that your talent can open doors for you, doors which can't open for you ordinarily. Your talent and gifting can attract kings and great men to you. In Proverbs chapter 17 verse 8, the Bible says, A gift is a precious stone in the eyes of him that had it. Whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. Yes, you should appreciate your divine endowment and treasure them greatly and apply them when and where necessary for your profit and that of those around you. It is a pity that many persons who have been endowed enough to become captains of industries and employers of labor are still waiting for God for some miracles. But the truth is that God will not do for all by miracle what we can do for ourselves by obedience. We need to return to work so that God can return to his rest. But our fellowship with Christ can be an added advantage. It can make all the difference. Admonishing his spiritual son in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, Apostle Paul said, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 14 he said, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. When we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, either through the grace of baptism or through the laying on of hands, these spiritual gifts can help to provoke the natural talents and potentials in us. This is why a lazy Christian is a contradiction in terms. A Christian has so much to do that he cannot afford to be lazy. Don't be a lazy Christian. Don't contradict God. In Romans chapter 11 verse 29, Bible says that for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And so I admonish you with the word of God in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14. Awake, you sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. Amen. Now before we go, you must note that when you fail to develop yourself, you live a limited life. You live at lowest ebb of existence. When you fail to develop yourself, you live a miserable life. You become a burden and liability to yourself and to others. You become a nuisance to your family and the society. When you fail to develop yourself, you die with your God-given talents, gifts, endowments, and have them buried in the graveyard with you. When you fail to develop yourself, you appear before God with all that he has given to you to use to impact your world. And believe me, God won't take it lightly with you. Remember the parable of the talents. The young man who was so careful and fearful and so didn't employ the talents given to him into use was punished by his master. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14 verses 29 and 30, the master said, For to everyone who has will be given more and he will have abundance but from him who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness dear men will weep and gnash their teeth may this not be your eternal portion in the name of jesus as we conclude an african proverb said that usually what people go searching for in distant places is often unknowingly within their reach let us look around and within us to see that God has done all things well and that has put everything in their proper places for our benefit. We only need to discover them and put them into use. See, the bitter truth is that what we would not do for ourselves by obedience, God would not do for us by miracle. God bless you. Thank you so much for still staying with me. Thank you for listening so patiently. Let us close with a word of prayer. Awesome God, Father of infinite goodness, we appreciate your love, your mercies, and your spiritual and natural gifts and endowment on us, your most unworthy servants. By your special grace, may we be able to discover what you have endowed us with, and in discovering them, develop them, and employ them for our own good and the good of others in the society. Oh Lord our God, give the same grace to everyone who has listened to this message, and empower them to make impact in their generation. In the gracious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Remember, I am his master's servant, Jeremiah Ifani Paul Omukobi, a lay Catholic trained teacher and preacher, a marriage and pastoral counselor. God bless you. You can contact me on 080-6945-3866. God bless you.
Beloved listener, thanks be to God for protecting and preserving our lives till this day. That you can actually listen to this message is because you survived the novel coronavirus pandemic, that COVID-19 which has infected and affected over 11 million people and has claimed over 700,000 lives worldwide as of July 2020. The fact that you were not part of that figure is because God still has great plans for you and still needs you to fulfill a purpose for him, for yourself and for your generation. Dear friend, today I bring you yet another inspired and inspiring message titled Spiritual Self-Development. Spiritual Self-Development. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Eternal Father, God of mercy and compassion, we praise and glorify you for your grace, your mercy, and your awesome wonder. Ancient of days, we acknowledge you as the sole architect of heaven and earth, the maker of all known and unknown planets and galaxies, the source of our lives and the anchor of our souls. All glory be to your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for preserving our life from the deadly pestilence that is ravaging the world and has claimed hundreds of thousands of lives. We thank you immensely for numbering us among the living today. Gracious God, you have made us in your own image and likeness and endowed us with the necessary graces, skills, and talents and strength to labor, to build the earthly city, to work out our salvation and to sustain our life and our environment. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, bless this message and consecrate it in your name that all who listen to it may be inspired by your Holy Spirit to do what you have created them to do and to bring glory to your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. My beloved listener, this message is titled Spiritual Self-Development. And by this message, I bring to your awareness and consciousness the divine plan of God for your life. And as one created in his own image and likeness, God loves you and desires the best for you. In the prophecy of Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, he assures you most solemnly saying, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It is this future that this message wants to address, and as you already know, the future starts now. After the work of creation, God declared that all things were good. But after creating man in his own image and likeness, God said that man was very good. And he commanded man in his word in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. By this, God empowered man to evolve himself and to develop his environment. By this, God left very large room for human development. When God charged man to be fruitful and multiply, he was not emphasizing only the biological procreation of human beings. He also desired man to increase, develop, evolve, and expand himself and his environment. He desired man to increase and multiply his talents, his potentials, and his endowments. When God commanded man to fill the earth and to subdue it, he desired man to take charge and exercise authority and dominion over the earth and everything in it. Yes, the word of God says in Psalm 115 verse 16 that the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Indeed, God has handed over the earth to mankind to rule 
to cultivate, to develop, to dominate, and to control. God desires us to recreate and reinvent ourselves and then improve our world. He desires us to evolve and transform ourselves and then impact our world. And believe me, beloved listener, you can improve yourself positively beyond your imagination, physically, socially, spiritually, and mentally. But the question is, why should I develop myself? The first reason is because it is a command, the very first commandment. Indeed, God's word in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 to mankind is actually a command. God commanded us to develop ourselves because we are still ongoing projects. Yes, you are not a finished product. God is not done with you yet. You are a divine project in his hand and developing yourself is just fulfilling the will of God for your life. The second reason is because God desires you to cooperate with him in promoting you. Yes, God doesn't do anything on earth and in the affairs of men without the cooperation of men. God desires to take you to a greater height and he needs you to cooperate with him in doing this. Life does not give one what he deserves. It gives you what you demand, what you labor for. To cooperate with God means to listen to and to follow his gracious inspirations and to employ his deposits in you into something meaningful. In a very positive way, you need to use what you have to get what you need. The third reason why you should develop yourself is because God has given you the necessary talents and potentials to do so. God isn't a man that subjects people to labor. When God gives you a vision, he makes a provision for you to pull through. He has imbued man with the necessary potentials to succeed in life. When he checked man to conquer, it is because he has given man all the abilities and capabilities, strength, energy, and other faculties man needs to do so. So, you need to explore them, and when you discover them, use them to redefine yourself and improve your life and the world around you. God's deposit in you is to evolve yourself and others. Those natural and spiritual endowments, your talents, your gifts, energy, ability, capability, capacity and strength are for you to become a better person in the society. So put them into use and see how things improve within you and around you. Remember the biblical parable of the talents. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25, the scripture tells a parable of the talents. From verse 14, it tells us that a man was going on a journey, so he called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability, then he went away. The one who received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made the five talents more. So also the one who received the two talents, he made two additional talents, but the one who received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, did you notice that the master gave them the talent and traveled out? Yes, he left their presence. Why? It is so that they could think out of the box, so that they could think and act independently. It is so that each of them would use his or her talent wisely, trading with it, diligently. Having endowed us with all things necessary, God left us to ourselves as rational beings. So, act rightly and rationally. Praise the Lord. Now, the scripture continues and says that after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled account with them. And the one who received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, 
Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Similarly, the one who received the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over your little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your servant. Now you discover what each of them accomplished after a period of time, perhaps within their lifetime. The person that was given five talents presented ten, having made additional five. Same thing with the person that was given two talents. He presented four, having made additional two. Why is this so? This is because no one can accomplish beyond the grace or talent or ability given to him or her by God. You can't simply succeed beyond God's providential enablement. In the Gospel of John chapter 19 verse 11, Jesus said that no one will receive anything if it is not given to him from above. And in James chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible said that every good and perfect gift is from God from above, from the Father of all lights. Yes, you simply can't accomplish beyond the grace you have received from above, no matter how hard you work. Just work hard and pray hard. Then, lastly came the person who had received the one talent from his master. He said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. Beloved listener, this young man represents majority of people, especially here in Africa, who have bottled up their talents and potentials, either because they are afraid of trying or because they prefer another gift or talent other than the one they have received from nature and from God. Here in Africa, especially in the Africa's acclaimed giant Nigeria, we have been a consuming nation because we have abandoned what God has endowed us with and are chasing after Europeans and Asians who have discovered and have put into use their own talents. The young man hid his talent because he was afraid and too careful and his end was pitiable. Don't be like him. There is no one on the face of the earth who is not gifted in one way or the other. But the irony is that so many persons with either single or multiple talents are out there living in penury, in misery, and in great want because they either abandoned or neglected, hidden or buried their talents. So they go about complaining, blaming everyone and everything for their woes. Others have simply misused their talents. They use it to either cheat or oppress others or against the glory of God. God has created you for his own glory and demands nothing less than you returning all glory to him through the use of your gift and talents. He won't take less, I assure you. That is the reason why some persons are great today, but humbled and humiliated the next day. It is because God cannot be mocked. Talents and potentials are not to be hidden. They are to be employed and traded with. They are not to be buried. They are to be nurtured, multiplied, and reproduced in the life of others. Talents are not to be misused, but are to be used to the glory of God and for the betterment of mankind. So if you desire to be great and relevant, you must employ your talent into useful endeavor. If you want to impact your world, invest your talent wisely. And believe me, if you use your God-given talent justly and rightly, God will use you mightily. This explains why the master of the young man was mad at him 
and the called him worthless and commanded him to be cast out into the outer darkness. Dear men will be weeping and gnashing their teeth. May that not be your eternal portion in the name of Jesus. Now the parable of the talents is very instructive and very helpful to this message. The talent in the parable is that grace, that gift, the knowledge, the energy, that talent, that endowment and other potential deposited in you by nature and by God. Dear friends, there is something hidden in every human being including you which you need to discover and until you search for it diligently you may never discover it. Very unfortunately this is the reason the graveyard is the richest place on the face of the earth. Why? Because a lot of people have died with their potentials hidden and unrealized, untapped and unutilized and most times they live miserable and die very sad, very unfortunate and sad indeed. May you not be numbered among such people in the name of Jesus. Every man and woman born into this world is born with a mission and with a necessary talent to accomplish this mission. If you have not commenced your mission on earth, it is because you have not discovered your gifting and your potential. It is discovery that will enlist you. You need to discover how you can improve your life, your world, and your generation. This discovery is essential to living a happy and a fulfilled life. If you have not discovered your gifting and potentials, it is because you have not done serious introspection. You haven't seriously looked inward because what you need and what you are searching for is actually inward. It is inside of you, not outside. The great Socrates tells us once, man, know thyself. Unless and until you make this all-important discovery, you would continue to run from pillar to post in order to make ends meet or in the name of survival. May God deliver us quickly in the name of Jesus. Now, how would you react if you discover that what you've been searching for and praying for for a long period of time is unknown to you, very, very close to you, within your reach? Of course, you would firstly blame yourself for not being careful, diligent, and observant. Now, it is much more than that. Majority of what we ask God today in prayer has been done for us right from time. What you have been asking God to do for you, what he has been asking him to give you, God has made the provision long before you were born and has given you the capacity to do much more. You can achieve more through internal discovery than through external help. Many of us don't know that we are capable of so many possibilities through the grace already given us by God. I once heard that difficulty makes people discover their talents. Yes, according to Jeff Keller, Adversity brings out a hidden potential. This is relatively true. You will never know what you are capable of doing until you are in a serious difficulty, until you are faced with dire situation. In these hard times filled with uncertainty and with utter hopelessness all around us, especially in this land, you don't need to wait for someone, whether the government or your relative, for help. You don't need to wait for someone to hire you or to employ your services. As a youth or whoever you are under the sound of my voice, you don't need to depend on the government or anyone for employment. Of course, you are aware that many who left the universities in the last decades have not all been employed and that many more are still joining the labor market daily. So what makes you think that you shall get a job immediately after your graduation as a student? That means that you have to look inward. 
You have to develop yourself or acquire some relevant skill that would enhance your hidden potentials. May God help you in this all-important search in the name of Jesus. We are all aware of the staff of Moses, which exuded so much potency and miraculous powers in biblical history. The staff was an ordinary stick, but God made it into an instrument of miracle, unknown to Moses. Hence, at the burning bush, God asked Moses, what is in your hand? And the Moses replied, a staff. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it up by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and he turned back into a staff in his hand. In the same vein, as many of us wonder how to go about a certain life project, or how to get around certain life difficulties, we need to look inward. What do I have in my hand? What do you have in your hand? This may not necessarily be raw cash. It may not be naira or dollar, but something much more. An idea, an inspiration, a divine gifting, a natural endowment, wisdom or knowledge. All these we are gifted you as raw materials for you to turn them into something amazing, just like a finished product. You could turn them into something much more than memory. You can provide solutions to some problems, and when you solve problems, you naturally attract not just money, but wealth. This is the underlying motivation to all technological inventions and breakthroughs. Every inventor was out to meet a need and to solve certain problems. Today, due to their ingenuity, life is a lot better. You can contribute to making life better, more comfortable for your others and for yourself in your own way. Dear friend and the beloved listener, you may ask, how can I develop myself? Here I want to provide the following steps to self-development. There are seven steps you could follow and see how quickly you get to self-discovery, self-development and the self-independence. The first step to developing yourself is to believe in yourself. One of the many challenges to self-development is lack of faith in oneself. Hear me, before anyone else would believe in you and invest in you, you have to believe in yourself and prove yourself. How do I mean? You have to be courageous and determined to succeed and refuse to be deterred and discouraged by failures and other obvious factors surrounding you. You have to refuse the circumstances around you to define you. You have to refuse to be identified with the wrong things in and around you. Don't let failure or the fear of failure to deter you from future attempts. Be audacious. Show tenerity and boldness. Believe in yourself and don't give up soon. You can make it. Don't preempt your future based on your present situation. In fact, you have to fail many times before you could actually stand firm. A failure is not someone who has failed. No. A failure is someone who has given up on him or herself. A failure is someone who has refused to rise from his fall. To experience failure is to be human. And to fail once or more potends the possibility of succeeding the next time. According to great Frank Dove of Catholic Ireland, Failure is but a postponed success. Yes, Abraham Lincoln was once considered a failure. As a politician, he failed about seven elections before becoming the 16th president of the United States of America in 1861. And speaking about Lincoln's tenacity, Benjamin Harrison said that Lincoln had faith in time, and time has justified his faith. In Nigeria, Muhammad Buhari became Nigeria's 15th president at his fourth attempt. 
If he had resigned to faith at his first or second trial, he would not have been reckoned as successful today. So, just believe in yourself. Even when others don't, you can actually make it even when others say you can't. So, failure simply is a postponed success. And see every stumbling block simply as a stepping stone to your dream and destiny. If you have been down before now due to past failures, don't remain there. Judge Elliot said that it is never too late to become what one might have become. So, brace up. Get up. Start something. Start somewhere. Start now. Your future is very bright. Praise the Lord. The second step to developing yourself is to identify and discover what you have been endowed with. Yes, to discover your endowment. There lies within you something which could catapult you into a solution provider, into limelight and into stardom. Identify those positive inclinations and tendencies which you have, those things which you are always drawn to naturally, those things which you can do with ease, with passion, and with joy and satisfaction. If you can write, don't wait. Begin to write. Write stories, articles, pamphlets, or even books. Get someone to help you vet and moderate your write-ups. Just write. Write with passion and don't expect financial gains immediately. Don't wait until you are perfect. No one is. No one is perfect just start now you must know that i dropped out of school after my primary education due to paucity of funds but i never gave up the hope of returning to school in fact i published my first five spiritual books before i attempted wayek many years later this is true so whatever you can do start doing it now if you can sing compose and sing good songs sing well sing with passion if you can draw or paint start today the future is now in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus was being followed by the multitude, there came a time when they became tired, wearied, and hungry. And out of compassion, he healed many among them who were sick. But the disciples came and asked him to allow the people to leave, to go and find food for themselves, since they were in a lonely place. But Jesus said to them, in Matthew chapter 14 verse 16, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him in verse 17, we have here only five loaves and two fish. Now, the five loaves and two fish were obviously insignificant to share among over 5,000 people. But it was a good way to start. By the time Jesus touched those, ah, he prayed over them, he put them into use, and they became unbelievably surplus. The problem with many of us today is that we are waiting to have millions in naira or dollar before we take a step, before we start something. But I want to encourage you most solemnly that you don't need so much to start. Great men and women from all over the world, whom we all admire today, had humbling beginning. Many of them had very frustrating starts. Some of them had cause to give up at one time or the other, but because they were passionate about what they were doing, and because they believed in an eventual success, they refused to give up. Today we celebrate them. You too can be celebrated. Praise the Lord. The third step to developing yourself is to improve on your character and attitude. According to the celebrated writer Jeff Keller, Attitude is everything. Change your attitude and you change your life. Many people today have their growth and development retarded because of bad character and poor attitude to life and situations. It was William James who once said that, the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. In this journey of life, 
positive attitude and healthy character play very vital roles. They open doors to opportunities, favors, and blessings. Bad character is like a bad tire. If you don't change a bad tire on any vehicle, you won't progress on your journey. Negative attitude is a red flag. A positive attitude is a person's passport to a better tomorrow. What is haunting and destroying the lives of many persons today are not witches or wizards or any relative, evil man from their villages. If you are having issues in your business, work, relationship, family or marriage, don't look very far away, don't look somewhere else, look inward. Perhaps you need to do some character adjustments in order to get a better result. Many persons today are wrongly praying against perceived enemies somewhere and the evil foundation of family cases. Yet what they need is just change of character and attitude. Just a change of attitude to life. Unfortunately, that is the last thing they want to hear. And unfortunately for them too, without such change, breakthrough is a mirage. No matter how spiritual you think you are and how well educated you may be, you need to review your character and see how you can improve on it. There is no self-improvement without character improvement. Since your character gives you your personality, you need to work on it. Yes, you, you, under the sound of my voice, try and improve on your character and on your attitude to life. Try it today and see how doors open for you. In the name of Jesus. The fourth step to developing yourself is for you to identify what you lack and what you need. Of course, you may lack something which you need to succeed. You need to identify what that is. If you need to get some more education, do so. Be diligent. Get some good grades and certificates and treasure them. If necessary, acquire new knowledge or skill. Or upgrade the one you already have. Then wait for opportunities. Yet, when preparation meets opportunity, it becomes a miracle and a testimony. Don't wait until opportunity comes and meets you unprepared. This can be very devastating and frustrating. How would you feel if your SY primary school mate becomes a governor of a state and all you still have is your first school living certificate? What do you want him to do for you without educational qualification? What if your SY college friend becomes a minister of the Federal Republic, a permanent secretary, a commissioner, or gets appointed or elected into a higher office and all you still have is your work result that even has less than five credit passes? What can he or she do for you? Or, put other way, what use can you be to him or her? Would you be his driver, her driver, cook, gardener or cleaner? We have a couple of people whose relatives and friends are holding one big position of authority or the other. And these persons are not educated and so are not employable. They have not had any skill. They simply sit and complain how those relatives and friends of theirs can't do anything or aren't doing anything to help them. Yet, they actually shut themselves at the foot by not preparing for this future. Tomorrow opportunities are for those who prepare for them today. So, prepare yourself, equip yourself. If you fail to plan, you have planned to fail. Remember once again, when preparation meets opportunity, it becomes a testimony and a miracle. Praise the Lord. The fifth step to developing yourself is for you to know your weaknesses and then ignore them. Every human being has their particular and peculiar weak points, those areas of weaknesses, inability or incapability. So don't dwell on yours. Instead, explore those areas where you have an age. Take advantage of this and make mark. Don't advertise your weakness or ignorance. Just beware of them, but ignore them. You definitely have more areas of strength 
than areas of weaknesses. But you won't discover this until you explore your strengths. Explore your capabilities because you can do much more than you can ever imagine. Praise the Lord. The sixth step to developing yourself is for you to avoid false satisfaction and the complacency. To be complacent means to relax, unaware of an impending danger or doom. Complacency gives you false satisfaction with the little that you have achieved and defeats you with your thoughts and belief that you have finally arrived. The sense of satisfaction in itself is not bad, but don't become complacent and so become docile. Complacency gives way to laziness. And Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6 verse 10, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. Where you have reached is another person's starting point. And what you currently earn, paranum, is another person's pocket money or even account balance. So whatever you have achieved in life, whatever position you have attained in life, appreciate God for his grace, but don't relax, don't stop, move on, press forward for further attainment, dare for more. Don't be satisfied with what you have. There is still room for more successes and accomplishments. Our God is a limitless God. There is no room to what you can achieve through him. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So don't be satisfied with what you are. You can be better than you are presently. Don't be satisfied with what you have. You can increase your strength by the grace of God. Don't be satisfied with what you know. Study further. Inquire more. Search deeper. Ask on. Verify. Solve. Be open-minded. So many persons have retarded their growth because they have closed their minds. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, Apostle Paul encouraged his son Timothy saying, Study to show yourself approved unto God. One of the best and easiest ways to improve oneself is through reading. Reading good and great books, and there are thousands of such books out there. The Holy Bible is the greatest of such books. Read the Bible, but don't just read it. Study it for direction, for inspiration, for instruction, and for exhortation. There are also other great books that are able to inspire, teach, direct, and instruct us. But unfortunately, we don't read in this climb. Here, the easiest way to hide something from an African and especially from a Nigerian is to hide such in a book. But whatever and wherever there is an impute, a poor impute, we should always expect poor output. What you feed your mind with is very important because you can't grow beyond your mind. Indeed, no one is bigger than the environment around his mind. Your mind is directly proportionate to the amount of information you have and you can't achieve more than you can conceive. So change or improve your mindset by reading good books, listening to helpful messages, and counseled by those who have proven themselves in their chosen field. According to James Allen, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So have a right mind. We are all born with the capacity to do something that can give God rest. In our generation, God still bothers himself with what he has given us the capacity and the grace to do. This is unfortunate. Praise the Lord. And lastly, the seventh step that could lead us to discover ourselves is to be ourselves and not to imitate others. That is, to be yourself and to refuse to imitate others. Everyone have their journey and their destination. You have yours. So don't follow people blindly. 
John Mason said that imitation is limitation. So refuse to be someone else and God will let you be who you ought to be. In whatever business, job, career, or ministry where you are now, endeavor to be the best that there can be. Don't set for yourself someone else as a standard. That will be setting limit for yourself. Remember that you have a limitless God. It is fine to have a model, but be careful not to be deceived. There are so many deceptions, especially on the social media. So desire, pray and work hard to be the best that you can be. Don't just manage. Else, someone else more qualified and better equipped than you comes along and dislodges you. Don't be satisfied with being in the average. Average is an enemy of progress. Seek perfection in every area of your life. And God will see you through in the name of Jesus. Now, there are very many possible dangers to your self-development. These things can be hindrances. There are so many other things that can stand on your way to discourage you from getting to your destination. Every danger is a threat, and to be forewarned is to be forearmed. You need to be aware of them in order to overcome them. The very first threat is poverty or poor mentality. Whenever we hear of the word poor or poverty, the first thing that comes to mind is lack of money or lack of material thing. But this is far from the complete truth. The Microsoft and Charter Dictionary defines being poor as 1. The lack of money or necessary basic things of life. 2. Being or feeling inferior. 3. Lacking adequate or necessary skills or knowledge. Now, when we eliminate the lack of money or other material things, we still have other things that could render someone poor. One is inferiority complex, which is an overdeveloped sense of being inferior to other people. People with inferiority complex tend to withdraw from social life or to be aggressive towards people and the situations. Inferiority complex or low self-esteem is a lack of confidence in one's own merit as an individual person. To esteem yourself low is to underrate yourself. It is to underestimate yourself. It is to limit yourself. Low self-esteem makes you to shy away and abandon what God has empowered you to achieve. Don't think that others who are making impact out there are superhumans or are all well-educated. Don't tell yourself that others who are making it out there are better than you. Just tell yourself that you are unique and can equally make impact in your own way. You are made in God's image and empowered to impact your generation. Don't shy away from this responsibility. Furthermore, Poverty can also mean not having adequate or necessary skills or knowledge. Ignorance and illiteracy, lack of exposure, poor education or lack of education are all various forms of poverty. With all this, self-development can be retarded and impeded. And ultimately, it could lead to economic poverty. People who have come to see themselves as poor in this regard tend to have low vision. They tend to set poor or low standards for themselves, and that is the problem. Poverty becomes a hindrance to self-development when you think that you can't go beyond where you are presently because of lack of resources. But believe me, brothers and sisters, if you can conceive it, you can actually achieve it. Just dare to dream big and diligently walk towards your dream, and you will see yourself where you never imagined. You can actually get out of the clutches of real or perceived poverty if you are determined and you tell yourself that you can. Yes, you can. Another threat to self-development is poor family background. 
of a truth, the major hindrance that many people have today is the belief that they can't exceed where their family stopped or that they can't get out of where their family condition has placed them. This is a big lie concocted by the devil himself to stop you from achieving your destiny. I want to assure you that you can actually exceed, supersede, and overtake your family wherever they stop in the last generation. Don't be intimidated by your family history or background. In fact, refuse to stop where your family stopped. And don't allow your family history or background to stop or discourage you. Many of us, our family have set for us a benchmark which we may not surpass, but you can break forth and break through if only you dare. In the name of Jesus. Now, remember the story of David, the son of Jesse. According to the word of God in 1 Samuel chapter 16, the boy David was the last of the eight sons of Jesse of Bethlehem. He was just an inconsequential lad, a dispensable member of his large family. Remember that when Samuel went to anoint him as a future king of Israel, his father paraded all his brothers except him. In fact, his father Jesse didn't even consider him worthy of mention. Yes, he was that insignificant and negligible to his family. Among his elder brothers were brave soldiers and trained warriors, but David didn't accept the label placed on him by his family. In our time, many such lastborns have been overpampered and are only pets in the hands of their parents and the siblings. Some lastborns today can't, won't, and don't lift a finger to do anything in the family. But David was different. He became a shepherd boy and eventually lived in the bush with his flock. He learned to play the harp, the guitar, and other musical instruments while still in the bush with the animals. There in the bush, he developed love for the sovereign Lord, whom he constantly praised with his flute and harp. David developed, improved, and perfected his fighting skills and defended his flock against lions and wolves. And without ever being trained or enlisted as a soldier, he became the king's armor On that day of the Lord, when the whole armies of Israel were being intimidated and antagonized by that uncircumcised Philistine, David appeared in the war camp and stirred the hearts of the king and the soldiers and expressed his willingness and readiness to do the unthinkable. When he appeared before King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 34 to 36 and said, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth and when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the army of the living God. With such courage and audacity, given by years of preparation and self-confidence, without any ammo or weapon of military warfare, David, still in his teens, went against Goliath confidently, confronted him bravely, challenged him courageously, killed him and beheaded him triumphantly. A good shepherd of sheep and men, God promoted him to be the shepherd of his beloved people. In Psalm 89 verse 20, the word of God says, I have found my servant David, with holy oil I have anointed him. It is possible that God was searching for someone trustworthy, someone tested and trusted, to whom he could entrust with power and authority, without fear of abuse. And the criteria for such blessing would be someone who is independent, single-minded, courageous, bold and confident, someone who is brave, yet humble, 
audacious, yet God-loving and God-fearing. Someone who would use his natural talent to impact humanity. And God found all these in David. Dear friend, I pray for you today that you will be very useful to God in your generation. In the name of Jesus Christ. The command to develop ourselves is a universal command. And the grace and the enablement to develop ourselves is a universal gift given to all men. Earthly prosperity is not for Christian believers alone. Let no one deceive you into believing that since you are a Christian, the wealth of the nation shall be delivered into your bosom without work and effort, but only by praying and believing. It is not true. It is the height of spiritual deceit. The scripture says that he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. In this continent, and especially in this country, Nigeria, many Christians spend so much time in prayer with little time for work. In fact, Christian leaders in Nigeria and Africa have succeeded in creating an army of lazy Christians who believe in miracle cars, miracle houses, miracle jobs, miracle bank alerts, and in fact, virtually miracle everything. Everywhere around us, on daily basis, during the day and in the weekdays, when people should be at their business places and in their offices, several Christians are at various prayer houses, churches, mountains, and ministries, praying for breakthroughs and the miracle everything. These can tantamount to laziness or sloth in spiritual sense. And God is not a rewarder of laziness. God rewards honest labor and sincere efforts. It is absurd to trust prayer for everything. It is even more absurd to expect everything by miracle, especially what God has given you the grace and power to do for yourself. Amen. The great St. Augustine of Hippo wants admonish Christians to pray as though everything depends on God but work as though everything depends on you. This means to balance prayer with work. After praying, go out there and work, and God will bless the work of your hands. In Psalm 12, verse 2, the Bible says that you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. In the early church, Apostle Paul frowned against laziness. He said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. So, does it mean we are denying the importance or necessities of prayer in our lives? Am I denying the efficacy of prayer in any given situation? No, not at all. What I am saying is that we pray so much without doing so much in this country. We need to balance them. We need to work as much as we pray. Even salvation has to be labored for. Apostle Paul charged Philippian Christians in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 saying, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In the book of Proverbs 22 verse 2, it reads, Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So, be diligent in labor for both earthly and heavenly things. Balance your prayer life with diligent labor. In fact, work and pray and above all, Put your talent into productive use for yourself and for others. According to the word of God in Proverbs 18:16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. This means that one's potentials could open doors of contract, connection, and breakthrough for him or her. It means that your talent can open doors for you, doors which can't open for you ordinarily. 
Your talent and gifting can attract kings and great men to you. In Proverbs chapter 17 verse 8, the Bible says, A gift is a precious stone in the eyes of him that had it. Whithersoever it turned, it prospered. Yes, you should appreciate your divine endowment and treasure them greatly and apply them when and where necessary for your profit and that of those around you. It is a pity that many persons who have been endowed enough to become captains of industries and employers of labor are still waiting for God for some miracles. But the truth is that God will not do for all by miracle what we can do for ourselves by obedience. We need to return to work so that God can return to his realm. But our fellowship with Christ can be an added advantage. It can make all the difference. Admonishing his spiritual son in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 and 7, Apostle Paul said, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 14 he said, Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. When we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit either through the grace of baptism or through the laying on of hands, these spiritual gifts can help to provoke the natural talents and potentials in us. This is why a lazy Christian is a contradiction in terms. A Christian has so much to do that he cannot afford to be lazy. Don't be a lazy Christian. Don't contradict God. In Romans chapter 11 verse 29, Bible says that for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And so I admonish you with the word of God in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14. Awake, you sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. Amen. Now before we go, you must note that when you fail to develop yourself, you live a limited life. You live at lowest ebb of existence. When you fail to develop yourself, you live a miserable life. You become a burden and liability to yourself and to others. You become a nuisance to your family and the society. When you fail to develop yourself, you die with your God-given talents, gifts, endowments, and have them buried in the graveyard with you. When you fail to develop yourself, you appear before God with all that he has given to you to use to impact your world. And believe me, God won't take it lightly with you. Remember the parable of the talents. The young man who was so careful and fearful and so didn't employ the talents given to him into use was punished by his master. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14 verses 29 and 30, the master said, For to everyone who has will be given more and he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. Dear men will weep and gnash their teeth. May this not be your eternal portion in the name of Jesus. As we conclude, an African proverb says that usually what people go searching for in distant places is often unknowingly within their reach. Let us look around and within us to see that God has done all things well and that has put everything in their proper places for our benefit. We only need to discover them and put them into use. See, the bitter truth is that what we would not do for ourselves by obedience, God would not do for all by miracle. God bless you. Thank you so much for still staying with me. Thank you for listening so patiently. Let us close with a word of prayer. Awesome God, 
Father of infinite goodness, we appreciate your love, your mercies, and your spiritual and natural gifts and endowment on us, your most unworthy servants. By your special grace, may we be able to discover what you have endowed us with, and by discovering them, develop them, and employ them for our own good and the good of others in the society. Oh Lord our God, give the same grace to everyone who has listened to this message, and empower them to make impact in their generation. In the gracious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Remember, blessed, I am his master's servant, Jeremiah Ifani Paul Onwukobi, a lay Catholic trained teacher and preacher, a marriage and pastoral counselor. God bless you. You can contact me on 80 6945 3866. God bless you.